we have to create the right vibe, you know, the energy and everybody at the organization has to feel so privileged to be here. It's, it's no other way. Thanks for listening to the Purely Arsenal podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Purely Arsenal FP for all the latest Arsenal podcasts. Welcome to another episode of the Sit Down at a Purely Arsenal podcast. We're here to discuss our USA tour that has just come to an end and the 5 free battering of Barcelona. And with me, I've got Neil Shaw to talk about it. How are you doing, Neil? I'm all good, Jack. How you doing? You yeah. all right? You just enjoyed yourself at the game? Well, yeah, I don't get to go many anymore, do I? So I was at the game and I thought, you know, let me do a little bit of tweeting about it. Be, be a bit, you know, like on the ground services about what's going on in the game. And I did enjoy it. I enjoyed, it was one of my one of my favourite pre-season games that I've been to, obviously. We were talking um, offline about going, you know, to a lot of preseason games in the past, the Emirates Cup and all that, and always enjoying it, always taking something from it. And now, obviously, it's changed into this sort of mega blockbuster, commercialised um, around the world tour. But I think it was, it looked like it was planned very, really well in the way they ended it in LA. And obviously, LA is where you know Cronkies have kind of settled, and they you know, the Rams are in the, the new stadium, and it was, it was pretty cool to see, see all of that, and it was a really really good way and it looked like after the United I would say slight disappointment would you agree with it we haven't discussed the United game but I'd say it was slightly disappointing performance wise you know obviously I, I don't particularly care about results in pre-season but I do look at the performances of certain players and and things like that and I, I thought it was a bit flat um, yeah. but it looked like in this game we really had had a point to prove really and um, even when we went 1-0 down early on I, I was like ah, we, I, I, I think we've started quite well we've started on the front foot there was a delay of 36 minutes or something because the pitch had basically just been laid 12 minutes before we'd arrived or something which was a little bit poor planning I would say I, uh, you know this game's been in the works for a, a good few months but we'll forgive them all that because uh, the stadium was was we took my mind off it you know all the uh, surround sound beautiful lights and all that Tomorrow, so me and Garrett were there, and um, um, I obviously took took to my missus, and she hasn't been to a game since uh, since for a while. I think maybe, maybe it was a it was an Emirates Cup game that I took her to. That might have been one of the last games I took her to Wigan away about ten years ago, ten twelve years ago. Right, away to this game, I was reminding her of the games we'd been to. And I, I remember really... going to one where you 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 were both there. I'm sure. Yeah, that was the. Yeah, I think that was the Emirates Cup a long time. Uh, go yes. me, you, John. But I remember yeah. sort of when we first met, probably six weeks after we met, I, I drove her to all the way oh, to Wigan. Right. Uh, right. Wigan's stadium was dreadful when it was like in the middle of a shopping mall area or something. <laughs> and uh, it was shocking. But we, I remember on the day we won 4-1 and, and the, the stand was moving and she was like, what's going on? And I went, it's a very old, it's very, you know, it's, all of this is very old. But this was obviously nothing like that. It was a, it was a pretty beautiful scene. But... Neil, uh, I I never used to look into lineups for pre-season and, and silly stuff like this, but I think when a manager takes it so seriously and, and believes in it so much, and, and you can tell by the way he plans his squad development, the way he tries to get signings in early, the way he talks about pre-season, he just, he's so intense, Mikel Arteta. It makes you feel um, really positive and excited about 
every game, no matter who you're playing, no matter what's on the line. So I'm, you know, me and you sitting there logging into Arsenal player for Nuremberg away and all this sort of stuff for the first preseason game. And, and it, it does. And even this game, I was sitting there, I was like, oh, I'm quite excited for, for this. I think the most interesting thing, and I know you don't like to talk about lineups, but the most interesting thing about the, the lineup was obviously a bit unfortunate that Rice had a, had a calf knock, but was the fact that he tried another option again at, at left back and this time it was it was inverting timber and I was so excited when I saw the lineup I have to say um, one because I, I was quite excited to see Thomas Party who I think has been probably one of the three or four standouts of the of the preseason so far despite the fact that I don't think he started more than one game which is quite crazy to think um, but but but, but to, to see timber in a left back role where I felt that, that was a real possibility of inverting kind of like as Inchenko could and to see what he had. And I was really, really excited to see that. And um, I just wonder what you thought. I mean, what were your thoughts? We'll talk about the game, but just if we touch on him a little bit, what have you? What have your thoughts been on, on Julian Timber? Because Havertz and, and Rice, in a way, have stolen the, the limelight of big signings and stuff like that. But I don't think any of us are under any sort of um, illusions. He's a really shrewd signing again. And he looked really strong, didn't he, at left? I thought he looked, didn't you think he looked really strong at left back? I think he played about 60 minutes before Tierney come on. And Tierney looked really good as well, I thought. Yeah. Um, yeah which was, which yeah. I was even, I was shouting, I'm not the biggest Tierney. Felt like I'm no. ready to move on from that type of left you back. Are. But I, I thought he handled um, Dembele and, and their previous right winger who came off of Ford in ballet. I thought he handled them really well. But just on, on Timber, what do you think he can provide? Do you think he can be an option at left back? Because we don't really know who's going to start at left back because Inchenko's missed the whole... I know he's there, but he's missed the whole tour, basically, hasn't he? Yeah, he's seriously surprised. I I, I was... Like you said earlier, I, I never used to look at lineups for pre-season friendlies. I was like, one hour before, and it hadn't been announced. I was like, what's going on? What? And I didn't realise that the game had been delayed, you see. So, um, and then I saw it and I thought, uh, hang on a minute, why is he at left back? Because when we spoke about him in the previous, it might have been the previous pod, I can't remember now, we were talking about you can see him more on the, as a central or right player, or maybe you can even push it to midfield, maybe, but not left. I thought, what's he doing? What's Artes up to? But God, he was, he was all right, wasn't he? And he's really strong. He's really, really strong. He's a strong boy. He's not the tallest. He's what five ten, I think. Yeah, which is which is still a three or four inches taller than Zinchenko, I believe. Yeah, that's right. But, but, so but, uh, yeah, he is. He's not the biggest. But, yeah, I mean, comparable to now who we've got in the defense, he looks really short, doesn't he? Because yeah, they're of all, course. Man, they're all big yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, he's got he's got some power on him, and I was really impressed with him. And I, I think I, I think I may have tweeted that um, although everyone's going to be looking at Rice and looking at um, other players. Obviously, the Sackers are going to always be standout players. But I said, and Trossard for me is, is just unbelievable at the moment. And I, I, I'm i so happy. I think he's becoming one of my favourite players. I really like him a lot. But I said that I think I think one of the highlight players is going to be Timber this season. It could be the highlight signing of the season. For us, anyway, I'm not talking about the whole Premier League, but maybe for us. And the fact that he's got so much versatility. So if we do have any crazy moments where you know we might have an unfortunate injury or a suspension, he could literally slot in anywhere, Jack, in that sense, in that defence. It's just it's such a versatile player, and I think this is what I, I, I like, and I touched on last time in the pod that Arteta is bringing in so much versatility, so much flexibility on the signings that he makes that you know in that particular part of the pitch they can play anywhere. 
And it makes such a difference, not just to the for our backup purposes and our rotation purposes, but also to bamboozle the opponents. Because they're like thinking, they're planning, right, you'll be marking him and you'll be potentially marking him. And all of a sudden the lineup's announced and they're like, hang on a minute, it's all changed because they're all over the place. That's what I like about Jesus, who's so underrated, I think, in the respect of everyone goes on about his scoring. But look what he does. I mean, it's just, you can't defend against him because it's just, He's like a little busy bee. He's like all over the place. And he said, like, you just don't know what he's going to do. And the amount of work he puts in is unbelievable. And he looked like he's back to his best. Yeah. I said that, didn't he? Right. There you go. Yeah. He said, he said, this is the best I've seen him in, in months, which oh, was wow. interesting well, because, sorry to interrupt you. It, it was interesting no, 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 because got- Jesus in the, in the, in the last preseason, if you remember, he just signed before the Nuremberg game and he looked amazing against Nuremberg. And in this preseason, he, he's been very much teased in. He, he, Eddie started, played more, possibly played more minutes than him until this point. And um, they've they, they clearly been managing his minutes a little bit, maybe because of the injury. I know he came back from it already, but he didn't look quite the same. Mm-hmm. And um, But yeah, but same as you. I remember sort of me after about halftime, me and Garrett going, Jesus, he's everywhere. Like he's, he's what we what we know Gabriel Jesus to be. And when he's like that, like you said, he, he brings so much to everyone else around him. And you don't care if the team's scoring. He doesn't need to be on the score sheet when you're scoring five and sixes every game, do you? It doesn't matter. It doesn't exactly. Matter. It doesn't matter. I mean, I, I was still, you know, do you remember when I was saying I would still like to see a traditional guy, uh, target man, strong centre forward, powerful, knocking in those balls when we were struggling. But do you know what? I don't, I don't know. After seeing this, I mean, again, it's difficult to charge on preseason friendlies, but look, I made that call last season. We had those preseason friendlies, and I thought, look at us, there's something different about us. And look yeah. what we went and almost achieved. We almost won the league from it. So maybe there is something now, because as you said, our setter is so intense with it all. He's taking every game so seriously, and good, good for him. I really, really, I have so much respect for that. Because I think every game should be taken seriously. Because it's you start as you mean to go on, don't you, Jack? That's how it should be. And and um and, and I just feel that uh, he he's you're seeing so much from it. I think you're gaining a lot, and he's getting a lot of insight from it as well. It's not just about giving the, the players um, pitch time and getting their fitness back up to levels. I think that's where we suffered against Banu, by the way. I think they're slightly ahead of us, and I think we we just wasn't quite there and quite with it, but. This game, you saw it. We're almost at, level, at ready level now for the Premiership start, and um, I, I, I just, I just think that um, his approach to it is just is meticulous. It's just so intense. He wants to see what's going on, and why not? It's still a football match. You still got people paying to go and watch it. it so what if it's a preseason friendly? I think, I think the change in that mindset with them is good is a good one i think if we want to go on and really start progressing and what and, and the other thing is you know you, you sort of you also mentioned um, i don't know if that was off fair that we're getting these these signings in earlier so we need to see them we need to see them get out there like the timbers the habits uh rice up was unfortunate in this occasion but we want to see them get as much time as possible so they can get used to each other and then we're ready for for, for forest we're ready for it you know the season proper but i i i i Going back to Timber, I'm I'm really liking what I'm seeing. I think yeah. we've got a multitude of options now. The defense is it's got to be one of the most versatile and most exciting defenses that I've ever I've ever yeah. come across. Don't you think? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, there's so many, like you said, there's so many options. And it's weird. I went back to listen to a, a podcast, I think me and James did about maybe a month ago, six weeks ago, when we were being linked to, to fullbacks. And people were questioning, are we going to get a right back or are we going to get a left back? And our argument was, um, we expect us to, uh, uh, my argument was, and I only had one name at the time that we'd been linked to, which was Fresneda, which surprisingly is now being very much linked to, to Barcelona. But, um, but the reason I thought we might bring in Fresneda was because he was a right back who had the ability to play at left back. And I never said it about that. I didn't, I was just, when we signed Timber, I just didn't, I didn't even put that full no. process there because he hasn't played at left back for Ajax, at least in the last year or so. It's been predominantly right centre back and right back. But as soon as he played him at left back, it was like light switched on. I went, yes. I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to see this more than once. This is, this is, uh, the Arteo is not doing this just for the sake of it. He's definitely intending to, to possibly use Timber in this position. And, you know, it, uh, he's probably watched over the games. And I, I think there is an argument to say, because what we thought about is maybe we invert from the left, but if Sinchenko is not there, maybe we invert from the right. But, so I have watched us, and I, and I think there could be some teething problems there because it almost flips the midfield, you know, and 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 suddenly Party or Rice, whoever they are, they have to shift, and it does change things. And it might be it's a harder transition rather than just plugging someone in mm. from the same spot to be inverted because then it shuffles your centre backs as well, and everything has to shift there. And felt like Saliba in the um the game that Timber was inverted um against United, I felt he was more exposed, you know, um where they were hitting us on the breakaway a lot. And I don't think it was necessarily because of Timber, but we've not played that right-sided inverted, really. Ben White plays as not an orthodox right-back, but much more. He doesn't really invert. So I, thought, I really liked it. I really, really liked it, that 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 way he was going with Timber. And I was like, oh, we're definitely going to see this again. Now, I actually think after that game, I think he's going to start the season at left back I think Timber will be our starting mm. left back because mm. I don't think Zinchenko I think Zinchenko has been this too big a block of pre-season and although if you remember last season Zinchenko didn't need a lot of time to get up to match fitness like if you remember Chelsea away he had a month out yeah. and had like one training session and he just plonked him back in so clearly he, he keeps himself in check despite the fact that he constantly gets these reoccurring injuries but mm. um, I think now we've got the level like you said the defensive level to be like no is injured. We don't have to rush you back in. Uh, we've got we've got a player to player to plug, and I've liked him there. I've liked Kirill there as well. But I think that that you know I, I think Kirill is going to be great. Um, yeah, his distribution's really really good. But I think Timber definitely. You can just tell he's really comfortable on the ball, like really really comfortable running out with a ball, passing with a ball. Um, and he's he's a lot stronger than I realised as well in the tackles in the duels. He, he was really strong. I thought. And I was really, really impressed with him. A couple of little wayward passes, but you forgive that because he was overall, he, he was really, really good. But despite that, we talk about our defensive versatility and how we're really excited to see the the way he's going to sort of plan for the back four. Throughout this preseason, a, a, a relatively common aspect of it has been conceding sloppy goals, which in fairness, if we're to, if we're to read into it a little bit, is kind of a knock-on effect from the end of last season um, in a way, Neil. And I know it's pre-season, but we are getting maximum punishment for our errors. But if you go to the first goal, for example, and the second goal, I think, to a degree, Martin Odegaard is kind of a bit culpable. The first goal, he gives the ball away, and then he slips because the poor playing surface, but he does give the ball away before it. Now, obviously, it's 70 yards away from goal, so I think we probably should do better. I think Saliba probably could have closed him down a little bit better. I think maybe we could have done a little bit better in the box. 
Um, and Ramsdale was absolutely, I was watching right down at it. I was, Ramsdale was so upset at the at the free kick um, to, to put them 2-1 ahead because Odegaard turned his, his, his body, you know, to the side. And it, if he didn't, it, the ball would have gone forwards. But he turns his body and he basically knocks it into the bottom corner. And a lot of people were looking at Ramsdale saying maybe he should have got over to it. And I, I, I tend to probably agree, but I do probably largely put the blame on Odegaard there. Yeah. Are you worried about some of these defensive lapses? Because I would argue in hindsight, even watching back on the Man U game, they had three shots on target, scored two goals, Neil. I know. To be honest, we were the better team for a large portion of that game as well. Mm, but mm. what skewed it was you were 2-0 down after 30 minutes and you're kind of going, oh, this ain't good. But if you watch it again, you go, we had some big chances. We, we basically dominated the ball. They were just trying to counter us with long balls and we made some That's... really silly errors. And I know it's pre-season, but I don't know. Are you worried at all from the knock-on effect? Um, a little. I, I think... I think... I mean, it was a many game where Ramsdale was at fault for one of the goals, wasn't it? He should have saved it. The Bruno yeah. one, yeah. Yeah, that's it. And I was like, getting getting all the confusing. The one was Gabriel with the air. Yes, that's, just missed right, it. that's right. And this one, yeah, as you said, Saliba could have done a bit better. I, th- I think I remember, I think this was one where Adrian Clark, Clark was involved and he said, uh, or someone was, and then they said that maybe Saliba should have done a bit better closing him down. Well, I then, think he could have done, then, yeah. But then Ramsdale's actually, the first save was pretty good. Uh, it was. just done. Filled nicely to uh, Lewandowski, didn't he? I have you, we have you say his name, but he's he's all he always scores against us, doesn't he? I think he does. Yeah, it was at Bayern before, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. wherever he is, he always does. He, he was really poor, other than the goal, though. He wasn't yeah. recognizable, really, well, to I, me. I, I think he's showing his age a little bit now, isn't he? He's, he's well into his 30s, surely, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's around 33 now, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but but no, I mean, I think. With that one, apart from, I mean, Ramsdale didn't do anything wrong as we said, and what could you do? It all felt nice, felt nicely for him. Um, and the free quick wasn't that debatable anyway. I'm not trying to get controversial here. But oh, that's a good point. That, yeah, I think it was. I think it was. The, 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 I mean, I, I really, in pre-season, I don't like to go into the ref, but I do think um, he, oh, he, he no. was dreadful. I mean, he was dreadful. Oh, and no. the, the frustration from my point of view was when, as soon as I was getting in the car, on the way home, obviously, I saw some of the, the post-match comments, and I yeah. wasn't having Javi saying we were basically, oh, basically hinted at that us being overly physical, and like we were in the stadium, and we for some reason we were surrounded by a lot of Arsenal fans, but also a lot of Barcelona fans, and and um, I think the whole um, aggressive standpoint of the game was built up through the ref not calling fouls from Barcelona specifically within the first twenty or thirty minutes, yeah. and the first booking he gave, I might be wrong. But the first booking he gave was Havertz pulling a shirt back, which is a booking in a real game, um, about 70 yards away from our goal. He just had a little tug and and, that, and they gave him a booking. And when I, when I went, now we're going to be angry because they've made about half a dozen awful tackles. And this ref has been like, it's a pre-season game. Let's not touch it. As soon as he gives out that first yellow card to us. I think we were we were really annoyed, and 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 we and, and we showed it. What was great about it, though, Neil, in, in, against Man U, some people argued that you know we allowed them to ruffle us up a little bit, and we and we didn't fight fire with fire because they were putting in some horrible challenges, Man U, and I, I don't think was the yes. at all. And they did it again against Real Madrid, where they got bashed. Did That's the same right. thing. Jude Bellingham was going mad, wasn't he? Because you know they were putting in leg breakers on them, and it, it's dodgy. And some of the tackles in this game, not from us, I don't believe. I think ours were cynical at best um some of theirs were really dirty and dangerous tackles so javi's got some cheek to come out and say that 
about us taking it, you know, overly serious and, you know, a bit too physical. And he, he was angry with Arteta at the end of the game. I saw it. In the yeah, I saw the words, weren't they? Yeah, and I was like, Arteta wasn't having any of it. And fair play to him because because he knew exactly what he said. I thought he spoke about it really well. He said after the game that um, he said players will take things into their own hands. So I think what he was really saying was if the ref's not going to handle things, which he didn't, our players are going to are gonna go ahead and take these things into their own hands because they're not going to be fought off or bullied. And um, I think there's certain players that obviously I really liked, but I thought I thought Havertz looked so strong, um, Neil. I thought, you know, I, I, I wasn't aware of his strength, to be honest, really. He's a big guy, but he doesn't look strong, you know what I mean? He looks yeah. quite feeble and, and lanky and awkward sometimes. It's all but of he, the era. Yeah, and it, but, but he is fast and he, he's really strong. And I thought in this game, I thought he was really positionally aware. And by that, what I mean is there was times against Manu where he'd kind of lose his runner and start to think about what it was like to be almost a second forward again and things like that. This time I really felt he was part of the midfield free and he was tracking back and he was, he was trying to help the midfield out and then he was going again. And he's a big space. That, that, that left eight position is a big space position. It's a lot of to and fro late runs into the box, get back in, late runs into the box, get back in. And sometimes he's not getting a lot of touches on the ball. But I thought he did it. I thought he did it really well. And I thought it was much improved from the Man United game. And he really, it looks like he's going to start in that left eight position, doesn't it, Neil? I mean, he's played almost every game there, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. I think, I think this is what Arteta's looking for, isn't it? It's, 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 he wants to get all his big signings involved. Uh, and I, I think he will. I, I don't see why not. I just want to quickly go back to, I forgot to mention my one concern about the defence. I think it's the long balls. I think that's our Achilles heel. We don't know how to handle them, and I don't know why. And Arteta being, as I said earlier, so meticulous, why isn't he working on that? Because we were struggling with those last season as well. We really were. And if teams know that we struggle against that, it's, just, it's a horrible way to see football. I mean, we used to do it in the George Graham era a lot, you know, bypass midfield and just hoof a ball in the air and then see if Ian Wright or Anne Smith get on the yeah. other end of it. But, you know, we should we should be doing better against those and I, I don't know why we're not. But other than that, I don't really have any concerns with the defence. I, I think, you know, we've still got um, a couple of other, if you count the Community Shield, it is a pre-season friendly in a way, a way as well. So we've still got a couple more matches to, to try and get things right. And I'm sure we will. So no worries. And um, yeah, Havertz is an interesting one. I think he's, he's um, I think he's going to come in a little bit more slowly into the, the limelight, if you like, for me. I don't think he's going to be one of these ones where we're going to, he's almost like a, one of those unsung heroes. I think that's what he's going to be. He's he's going to do it, do things quietly, and he's going to make his name a little bit more quieter. And I think you've got to remember he's coming off the back of. You see, Rice was a hero for West Ham. You know, Timber. There's so much so much talk about him. Whereas Havertz didn't do really anything at Chelsea. Didn't he? It didn't. It didn't work for him. Not apart for from a while, yeah. No, apart from the for me the the winner at the Champions League final. He's not really been the player that he was in his in his previous club, and so I think I think it's going to go. He's going to be a bit more quiet, and I like that. It's, maybe there won't be so much pressure on him, despite you know sixty five million is one of our biggest ever signings, isn't he? So it's kind of been hit that in a way has been taken away with Vice's signing the, the value, and I think in, that's a good thing because there's no pressure. It's just. It's it's going to be he's going to come in a little bit more quieter, and I think I think he'll be quite versatile as well because he can play a few different positions. Jack, I think he wants him for the midfield, hundred percent. But again, we've got options. We've still got options, haven't we? Rice didn't even play, and look look how well we did without him. 
Um, and I just, I just think that Arteta has got, again, he can, I think he can also play um, as part, apart from the eight, but he can play right wing as well, can't he? He's he he did play, um, yeah, for Germany, he's played right wing quite a lot. Yeah, um, now I they can't see it happening. But... No, me neither. But 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 he has. He's definitely can play there. So he he's got he's got the ability to score goals. I know that he can score with his head. We we, we you know we we can we know that. And look, he's got two or three already. Two, isn't he? Yeah, he's and he's going this game. Obviously, Saka scored the first one, which was a, a yeah. sort of mistake from. Chelsea reject Christensen, oh, like, which was lovely that was to see. Great improvisation from him, though, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, really good. And then obviously you miss it. We'll come back to the to the sack yeah, and, yeah. The, and the penalty stuff. But um, Habits's goal was a uh, was a uh, from from an Odegaard header that was going wide actually when they replayed it. So it was it was good. Yeah. And it's not it, that's what he needs to do. That's where he needs to be. It looked like he was really understanding positioning where where Arteta's asking him to yeah. be. I think. And um, I think if he keeps doing it like that and keeps arriving in the box, he's he's going to get a bag for goals. I mean. Xhaka got what seven goals, seven assists last season. That's right. Yes, I think I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be there comfortably. I really wow. do. Um, because I just think. I mean, we might. What, what my concern is when I'm watching is, can he do the the defensive work that Xhaka does? If we're under the cosh a little bit, can he sit mm. a little bit closer to Party or Rice? And mm. in in this game, because Barcelona they like to dominate the ball too. I mean, I think. I think they had sixty percent of the ball. I think it was skewed because we were basically winning from about. <clears throat> early in the second half so we kind of sat off a little bit but they had about 60% of the ball we don't give up 60% of the ball a lot um, so it was really good to see you know a, t- a possessive team and, and and someone like Havertz be, be as disciplined as he, as he could be yet still making those runs he was on the last defender a lot but then getting back in and I understood as soon as we subbed him at 45 I went Yep, I've seen enough for, for me. I've, I've seen. I, I think he looked really good. So I was actually really happy with that sub. And, and um, Smith Rowe came on. Yeah, Smith yeah. came on, which we'll talk about. But but um, he got his goal, um, and which which sort of brought it to two two. Um, and I think I I had the argument and I thought process that when you sort of shift the jigsaw that's so finely tuned like ours is starting to be under Arteta, and then you take a piece out of it like like Xhaka, um. And you put a new piece in, which obviously we don't really have another obvious eight. I know we've looked at Smith Rowe there, Trossard there. They've all looked like they've got potential there. But it does look like Havertz has been bought specifically for that role. And I just wonder whether you think um, taking one piece of the jigsaw out is, is maybe okay. But if you take two pieces of it out in the same area, you know, because that's what we're looking to do with putting Rice at the six. I wonder if it's if, if it's too much too soon. And I wonder if that's the case, who maybe maybe doesn't start as much in this game, obviously because Rice wasn't playing and because how good Thomas Party was in this game. I mean, for 65, 70 minutes, I was like, this is peak Thomas Party. I mean, he is literally running the whole midfield. He was so good. He was so silky, so good on the ball. I was like that. He literally is trying to prove a point. You know what else? He was fast. He was, he looked like he was full of energy. You know, he looked like a fit Thomas Party, which we all know when we see the fit and we're like, okay, he's, he's ready. He looks like he's really trying to make a point that he wants to play here next season. And I think Arteta's seeing that. Oh, and I have to say, when I was watching it, Neil, I was like, that is not an easy role to just pick up. I don't care who it is. 105 million Declan Rice. I don't get it. yeah. It's just not an easy role to pick up. And I just wonder if, if, if especially with Rice not having as full a preseason as Havertz, because we signed him a little bit later. He's obviously had this little calf knock. I wonder when it comes to the Community Shield or specifically the Forest game, whether we ease 
Rice in. I don't know if you think that's possible, or is I, it not I, possible because 105 million just got playing? No, no, Arteta's not like that. I, I think agree, he'll, yeah. he'll, he'll 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 put his best players for the job, and uh, if you look at everything, fitness, and he's managed he's managed uh, injuries coming close to him back to injuries really well. Where it's been frustrating at times, but he's really eased them in, hasn't he? And yeah. uh, I. Th- I think he knows what he's doing with his coaching staff and uh, his, his fitness team and everything. And I, I just believe um, that just because he's under five million, he hasn't. He just doesn't have the right to play. I think Arteta is a bit more. He's, he's clever and he's astute, and he'll know that it's not just about the price tags of players. He's got to put the best players he's got available on the on the pitch. He's so professional with how he does things. You know, he, he, I don't think he's a player that will bow down to pressure. And media were hype, and it's like, oh yeah, well he's under you haven't played him. What a waste of money! He won't care. He's not going to listen to any of that stuff. And look, if Party's playing this well, and Habits had a good, good, good uh, show as well for the first forty-five minutes, why not? Why not have them too? Why, why, why do he? Because you're right. That was my concern. Was this as well that we're we're we're, we're happy with the defence? We're happy with the forward line, despite not having a prolific centre forward that can score in every game because we got goals coming in from every everywhere, haven't we? It's just so good to see. We don't need a player getting 30 goals a season. We don't need a Haaland because we're getting them from every, other sources, which I think is better because you're not just reliant on one player. So, But my only concern was with the weakness in potential weakness in the midfield if we lost Shaka and Partey because for so much of the season, what, 80% of the season? It was working with them. They, they were our engine. And then to lose two big components... That's 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 difficult yeah. to, to to adjust, especially for the other players as well that were used to them. Um, so I I would rather if if Rice, if Rice isn't quite ready and Party's playing well, and thank hopefully will stay. I haven't got a problem with that. I, no. I want to see Party play. I yeah. do. And because then it always we, allows you the option of a yeah. Rice Party double if you want to change things and you need to be a little bit more solid. Um, centrally and not be so gung ho, you can you can put party and rice together. It's a possibility. He's, he's, Arteta has said that he says he does he does see no problem with them playing together as well. Yeah, so and he has seen that. I think I've had some people sort of tweet me saying, "Well, why do people think Rice can just play this left eight position? He's not made for it." But obviously, if Rice was playing in the left eight, he wouldn't play it in the same way I, I, as we're trying to get Havertz to play it. And we we just wouldn't do that. That would be much more. Um, you know, where we're positionally putting him a little bit closer to Thomas Party, I think. And I, I think he, he would be capable of doing that role, to be honest. If I was to have a criticism, oh, we've only watched Rice for barely 45 minutes in the, in the yeah. United game and yeah. 25 minutes in the game before that. But in the United game, obviously, everyone was relatively poor. But mm. with Rice, if I was to make a criticism, and I don't think he was anywhere near the bad or, or the worst of the bunch or anything like that, I thought he was relatively smooth on everything. But he, he was sitting quite deep, quite close to his centre-backs, I felt. Um... Uh, and sort of sitting on top of them at times, which is probably what he's used to doing at West Ham, to be honest, because they're under the cosh all the time. Yeah. But I think he, yeah, I think, you know, but he speaks so so well. I think he'll pick things up really, really quickly. But I just think, like, look at um, City with Grealish, right? They signed him for 100 million. Oh, In his gosh, third yeah. season, he didn't start that many games, to be honest. Um, and obviously, there's a lot of criticism, and I, I don't particularly love Jack Grealish, but this season, there's no doubt he's obviously dramatically improved and he started most of the Premier League games. So, I think by keeping Thomas Party, you really allow, you talked about pressure with Habits, you allow that pressure to be slightly off 
rise to it. it doesn't matter what the outside world's staying it's all about Correct. what pitch right so if you're allowed to do that and we all know with Thomas Party that the big issue with Thomas Party is availability so we all know Declan Rice is going to get the time anyway you know, if, even if we start the season with Thomas Party there is no way Jack that Party can sustain a Prem and a Champions League no chance run. no chance no so and I think we've I think we've got our first four games and then it's in the national break anyway so you know he'll go off to Ghana, and and you all know how that is as long sort of trips, and he you know the game comes back, and then suddenly, so I just think he's um the way they put it this way in terms of the the fitness wise, and and I know Party didn't come over for the first game because he didn't travel immediately for the US tour, but to be honest, whenever he's played, even from the Nuremberg game onwards, I think he's been alongside Trossard and of course Saka because Saka's just terrific, um they've been our standout players for me that, that those three to be honest in an attacking sense um for the other two but yeah but i thought he looked so smooth no one could get near him really um in this game and when we needed his legs he he, he was there and i was like oh he's just he just controls him it's he's so not, silky it's like he's of like three players in one almost when he's in that when he's in that form just yeah. can't get he yeah. just controls the whole midfield it's so beautiful to watch when he's that party I think he's one of the best in the world, to be honest. I honestly believe that because he's in such control. There's not many midfielders that can do with him or players in that position. And that is, that is the key to every match, owning the midfield. It's so important. When we lose, when we've had to see those matches where we've lost a bit of that, it's, everything just changes. It really is so important. So I think he's massively important for us. It, as you said, he's silky, he's smooth. It's like he's effortless. He reminds me a bit when of Saliba. You see Saliba... He just does everything without effort. I mean, God, some of the, the movement in that Barca game with Saliba was just a joy Fantastic. to watch. Yeah. Back to his old, exactly what we saw right from the start and thinking if he can sustain his fitness, there's not many players that are built to deal with him. He was in under, under pressure so many times, but he didn't make it look like it, did he? He just controls the ball. Yeah, he's so smooth. Just, just moves away from the attacker and just passes it. And it's like, what? <laughs> he's not even making any effort, it doesn't look like. And I felt that about Partey a lot of the times just completely dominant and yeah. making it look easy for himself. And it's like, it is a joy to watch. You're right. It's just unfortunate we conceded three goals because we, it, you were right. It actually made, it flattered them. Oh, massively. I was even, for, I was sort of watching it too, too, when Havertz scored. I was like, you know, because all these Barca fans are, are around you and, and they really didn't have a lot to cheer about. I mean, to be honest, it was, I think we had 20 shots to their nine. Most of their cheers came from our big misses. You know, the, mm. the Saka's penalty miss, uh, Saka also missed a sit-out, like from, I think it might have been um, first half as well. Um, um, might have been second half, but he, he lobbed it over the top of the bar from about eight yards. And um, we, we, you know, and that, that was the biggest cheer you'd hear from the Barca fans because they really weren't creating much. They had a couple of chances late on when we were 4-2 up, but we were we were pretty relaxed at that point and making a lot of changes. Um, and I understand, you know, Javi's come out and says that basically this is their first pre-season game because they missed the Juventus one because of a stomach bug. Their season oh, yeah. starts the same day as ours, right? Yes. Their season doesn't start at the end of August. It's August 11th, 12th, same day as ours. So they're yeah. on the same line. I understand we've had a few more games. But um, but we're tired, you know. We've we've travelled a lot around the US. It's not been an easy trip, so 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 that's got to be factored in as well. I think not just so. not just the tiredness. You made a great point about the the conditions that you see. Yeah. Oh mate, it is boy, it is so hot here. I mean, I'm I'm in an area that's so it's about 104 degrees where I am. But oh, a game, the game, the game's the game's 30 minutes away from here, you know. So it's 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 hot. 
it's it, the humidity is not too bad in LA. It's worse in New York, but it's so so hot. Um, and and that's not something a lot of these players are used to when they're playing in England yeah. all the time. You know, some of the players are when they you know from where they're from and, and genetically they'll be a little bit more used to it climatization doesn't occur in in seven ten days it just doesn't occur you need double the amount of time for that so all yeah. these players are fighting that and they're going to reap the benefits of it i think um, um next week when they come back but obviously you know a lot of teams are playing in these kind of climates at the moment but we went in at half time so just talking on Saka, i thought he was a menace yeah. the whole game i thought he's fantastic yeah. I, you know even when he's missing chances i'm looking i'm like he's so good he's so so good for the first um for the second goal he just knocks alonso on the floor ex chelsea as well he's just so strong yeah. he can go either way he's just so central to everything we do and it's almost like you don't speak about Saka as being a standout player in preseason because that he just sets the standard for almost everyone and he, he he is so good i mean he's just so so good but um any concerns with him on penalties? I mean, I know it's pre-seasons, but we had the one at the end of last season against West Ham that he also put wide. Do you have any concerns? I personally wouldn't take him off of it. One, because I don't really see the the the, the, the quick, obvious alternative from a starting eleven. I know you've got people like Jorginho and that are fantastic penalty takers, but any concerns at all? No. No, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't. I mean, you know, from, from the way, just everything he does, to me, you can't you can't see him getting better, but he seems to get better. It's just weird. I mean, again, going back to that, to that goal he scored, it was just great improvisation. He stole it and he plants it in the net. I mean, if you don't anything that got boy, boy touches is just amazing. Everything is driven on the right is him. It's for, it's because of him. Yes, sometimes he has a has a good link up with Ben White, but he just makes things happen for us. It's just one track minded. He just wants to go forward and score and he wants to go forward and score and he wants to create problems um, I just wish I just wish that great piece of work that Jesus done amazing piece of work had led to a sack of goal he just went ahead of him didn't it he just didn't get his feet to it don't you remember that was in the first half I think that wasn't um, the one that hit over the bar no no oh. he, he, he completely missed him it was great oh work of course him. yes oh, yes it looked like he, he looked like he just didn't expect the ball to come to him or something yeah, but, yeah, oh, yeah. went past him yeah otherwise oh, it would have been oh easy tapping what a beautiful goal that would have been. And that would all be down to Jesus. But, you know, I don't have any concerns. Yes, he's missed the penalty. Yes, he skied one. So most of the best strikers in the world do that, for goodness sake. I mean, even Henri had chances. Do you remember in the Champions League final where he, he might, he, he admitted that he, he fluffed one, didn't he? I think I remember that. And it, it, the best strikers in the world do it. And I'm sorry, this guy, he's 21, Jack. He hasn't even reached anywhere near his prime and look at what he's doing. And it feels like we've had him forever. He's just going to get better and better. I got no yeah. problems with it. No, 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 none at all. Perfect. No, I, I, I agree. And he, he was, um, he was fantastic. And, and to be honest, he, he stayed on the pitch a long time. And uh, that, I guess there's a couple of things you see in the stadium. And, and we were laughing, me and Garrett, because Saka and White, specifically White, in the second half looked absolutely exhausted I mean they both looked so exhausted and the one criticism I have of White and I, I do like him and uh, I thought he had a fantastic season last season I think he had our most minutes alongside Saka and Ramsdale maybe one other player probably Gabriel but um uh, was I don't think he plays through tiredness very well I think when Ben White gets tired I think he does silly things so if you remember like man you at home last season um we were, if you check back in the text, we were all texting. We we're like, what 
what's wrong with Ben White? Like, and he he a couple of times he just stopped moving, like he just walked, and yeah. uh, this, and then Rashford obviously yeah. scored the goal, and it wasn't really Ben White's fault, but maybe he took that to heart. I don't know, but he played uh, two games that week, and he wasn't playing two games a week too much. And every now and then, even though he's a really fit player every now and then Ben White just looks exhausted and uh, what was really interesting in this game was uh, about the 60 minute I was like get him off because he was doing silly things he was like just kicking the ball out of play and and um you know not tracking his runner and it just didn't look like the normal Ben White and Arteta just left him on he made about seven subs and he just left Ben White on I don't know if he saw out the game but he saw out a lot of the game and I thought it was I was just like laughing towards the end of it I was like because he's literally exhausted but I do think it was quite clever because I think he needs to learn to play through tiredness better I think he needs to learn to make decisions better when he's exhausted like Gabriel Jesus is a player that to me often looks tired but he always makes really good decisions when he's tired like he always he looks tired like i can't keep going but he does he keeps getting winter throwing or something ben white he gets tired he just whacks the ball out of play and and it's quite frustrating and i was watching this game and i was like oh no yeah maybe you should just play him through it i mean he's going to go through the pain barrier but but he's got to get comfortable with it being uncomfortable almost you know and um yeah it's gonna it's gonna gonna sort of send him well into the season but because we might need him to do that at times, I think we've got more ability to change him earlier now. Oh, yeah. So we didn't yeah. have Tommy Asu for a while when he was basically had to play 90 minutes. But, but that was quite interesting. But 2 uh, 2, I did feel a bit hard oh, done by it at half time, to be honest. But we came out, we changed habits for Smith Rowe. What was your thoughts on Smith Rowe? Um, it was probably his first sort of full good look at him. We only had about 20 minutes and obviously he'd just come back from the Euros. But um, I thought he looked pretty sharp, Smith Rowe. Still a little bit to go, but he definitely looks fit. Which is strong, really important and strong. Yeah, and he was working both ways. There was one time where Gabriel got annoyed with him for not tracking, I think. But overall, I thought he looked he looked pretty good. What, what about you? Yeah, I think the the Euros competition's done him wonders. It's done him wonders, absolutely. And um, my my only concern with Smith Rowe is when we're going to keep him. There was this talk about you know yeah. is he going to be club. I I would be that if I said and they do let him go, that would be the biggest mistake. I think there's a real player on him. If he can keep injury free and he's not Jack Wilshire 2.0, he's going to be some player. I've always liked him. When him and Saka broke together, I've said it over and over again. You're probably sick of me, sick and tired of me saying it, but I just thought that they were on the, they were together. They came in together. They held the club together for a while uh, when we were doing so poorly. And then at the time, I thought, you know, um, it, for me, I just thought he would become the better player. But because of injuries and stuff, he hasn't had the opportunity to do so. Saka's just gone on leaps and bounds. Um, but I really do believe he's got the ability to do the same. If he stays injury-free and he gets game time, which I think he will, because we, we, we're going to be fine. I, do you know what? I know this is early doors, but I think we could make an impact this season in the Champions League. You know, under Wenger, we'd always get into it, but we wouldn't have the most successful campaigns. And we would we would drop off early. It was disappointing. I don't know, I'm getting a feeling that Arteta, he really wants this trophy. He wants to do one thing that Wenger didn't do and win the Champions League. I'm pretty certain of this. Um, And I think because of that, if we're going to get more game time and more games to play, he's going to get opportunities. He looks strong, he looks sharp. I mean, mean that uh, we could have almost had another Saka Smith Rowe goal, you know, with an assist. We used to have them in the old, back in the day when they were both fit. Um, And do you remember they used to talk about how telepathic they were just as kids when they were training and playing all the, the, the younger games and the academy games. Um, and even in training, they said they're just telepathic. They don't, they just know how they work with each other. 
And my God, if that's the case and Smith Rowe plays and they could rekindle that and get that back. I mean, it's yeah. another player that we, another golden side player in our squad. Do you I, think I his best way to get into the team is, is, is where is he going to find the minutes? Is it the left eight role, the left wing role? Where is he going to find it? It feels like the left eight and alongside what Havertz is doing, it might be his most likely yeah, yeah. option for minutes. It's very congested up there, though, where he likes to play. Because he can't really do the Odegaard role, can he? Because it feels to me like the direct replacement for Odegaard if he was to, you know, be suspended or get injured, touch would know. But mm. would be Vieira at this point, to be honest. Mm. Very different player. Um, but to be, in terms of his ability on the ball, his left-footedness, his ability to create... smith is a very different type of number 10, isn't he? He's not... He's not like Odegaard, really. I mean, he's he's a much more sort of open space driving, running into the box, driving, mimics, driving. mimics the 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 eight role more than the the the, the ten role if, you, if that we play on the left side, doesn't he? So I, yeah. I, I'm thinking in my head that he needs to push himself to get to where Havertz or get take some minutes off Havertz, basically. But I don't know what if you think he could crop up. No, I think so. Well, that's what he that's who he came on before, wasn't it? Yes, and I think. I think in the last game it was where he came on as well. I don't know if he came on directly for Havertz, but that's where he played. Yeah, yeah. I think that's probably what it's going to be. Then I think so. Yeah, yeah. He'll be playing that role for sure. And um, and and why not? I, I personally, I just want to see him. I, I, I've got so much hope for the guy. For me, for me this season, I want to see Trossard get lots of minutes because he deserves them. I don't think there's any other player that deserves it more than he does. And I want to see Emma Swift Rowe get game time. Because I think they are two shining stars for us, hugely. And Emil Smith-Rowe, I'm telling you, he's got so much talent. My only worry about him is injuries. I think once he gets back into the groove, he's going to be so, so useful for us, Jack. Stay fit. 100%. That's yeah, it. So stay fit. My only concern for him. And if he stays fit, we keep him and he gets game time. You just watch. He's going to, yeah. he's going to blow this Prem apart. He's brilliant. Well, and the little unfortunate niggle to, to or the toe injury I think it was to, to Nelson like it might provide him just that little opening you know because obviously Nelson doesn't feel exactly yeah no right you know yeah. no Rice no Zinchenko no Nelson we still got a lot to come into oh, the group and that's what I think that's probably why he's sitting there going oh, you know he didn't get some out of the out of the door really but but um, Nelson, he's another one that picks up a lot of little niggling injuries that mm. sets it back a little bit. But but Smithrow has to use that as an opportunity because they are yeah. not fighting for the same minutes, but it's another attacking option. And Smithrow, to be fair, um, if you talk about impact players from the bench, which I do think largely is what Smithrow is going to be, right? Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't see him initially at least starting that many no, games. No, 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 no. So he's right. going to have to make the impact from the bench. And we don't have a lot of players that have been able to do that. Last season, our best was Trossard and Nelson, right? But there wasn't really any others there. So if no. Smith-Rowe can be that, which he was really in his best season, he was really an impact player from the bench for about half of it. Um, if he go, then, then that's where suddenly his starting minutes are coming in. So he really needs to, you, whatever he gets, 25 minutes, wherever it is, he, totally agree. he, 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 he does it, right? Because that, that could be really, really handy for us. And, just on Trossard, I mean, I think the reason Trossard gets so many minutes is because he's so versatile. Oh. One, I mean, he's so and, and he's so prolific. He's so, um, you know, he's so clinical in the in in the final third. I mean, he only got one goal for us last season, but in truth, if you watch, back, well, he got two. He, he got two one. or three, maybe. Yeah, he hit the yeah. bar multiple times. I mean, he had the yeah. Leicester one disallowed. He had. Uh, yeah, exactly. 
the 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 Brentford one, I think it was was it was it um yeah I think one so. that's allowed there or something and there, there you know there was um but he I mean he's two goals Neil they were the, you know the first one very individual quality the second one just instinct from a Tierney cross but he I think he's probably the best finisher at the club to be honest yeah I, I know he's yeah, only had yeah. one goal but in terms of when he's in front of he's so yeah he can go off both sides inside outside the box the variety that he can provide. I mean, he, he is, what a signing for 25-odd million. I know he's 28, but what a signing that has been. And what a, how thankful, you got to really thank Chelsea because they're the ones that spent the money on Mudrick to allow us to pivot. We would have made the signing otherwise, wouldn't we? Exactly. Amazing how things work out, right? Everyone was so fixated on Mudrick and disappointed that Chelsea beat, beat us to him and all this, but then out of the woodwork comes Trossard. And I know, was it um, James was always a big fan of him? He was before Brighton. we signed him, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I didn't know too much about him because I'm blinkered and I did look at Arsenal players, but gosh, you know, for a January signing, I still, I'm going to go on record, so I think he's our best January signing ever, Jack. I, I can't think of anyone else. I mean, who's up there? Arshavin, Adebayo, <laughs> I think Reyes was a January. Yeah. But yeah, he's, he's right up there at the moment. He is. Right he's up above there. Phenomenal, and I th- I think you're on something there. I think he is probably arguably our best finisher. You know, um, game really time, game play. You know, it's just it's what he creates. I mean, the first goal, you know, it's just just cleverly just blambles in all the defence, step overs and whatnot, and then the ac- accuracy of the shot was it, was it was like an arrow, wasn't it? it wasn't pre- it wasn't particularly powerful, just accurate. Um, and then the second, oh my god, that was one touch. And that was that was driven in quite hard by Tierney as well, and just so fast. I mean, even if you watch it in slow motion, it looks pretty quick, but yeah. just accurate. And I don't know what to say about him because he does he gives us something different up front as well. It's it's, it's slightly different to the rest. That's what every what I'm loving about this team is. There's so much. We used to have a team full of number tens. You put that tip tweeting on that went viral. They're all great in their own right, all individually gifted, very talented, but they were all the same. They were all very similar. And now we've got such variety. Look, look at Havertz is so different to everyone else. Trossard's so different to everyone else. Everyone is, Jesus is unique. Saka's unique. I mean, Jack, I mean, this is exciting times. I, 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 we should be getting so full on with this. I don't think we realise what we've got. You know, just as we were just a few minutes ago, I completely forgot about Nelson. We got Nelson and completely forgot about him. It's yeah. just signed a contract. I mean, it's unbelievable. What a team, but Trussard, God, please, please, please start him. I, I really would like him to the start. The problem is yeah. there, and I'm not too concerned, but I right. argued, I mean, I tweeted that he's the best 12th man in the league. And it wasn't right. a criticism. It was a, it was a positive, you know? And the reason right. I said that was in, in, if you ask 10 Arsenal fans, what their starting 11 is, no matter, believe it, a lot of them probably won't have Trossard in it because of the quality they are. And like, but, but I think he plays so many games this season, just simply because he can literally play any role up there. So you want to give anyone a rest, but you still want to, you need a goal. You need, it's Trossard. It's Trossard off the bench every time. Um, but like you said, he's going to start a lot of minutes too because he can plug every area. Martinelli's got a little bit of a tightness. He plays. Jesus, he plays. To me, he's the first alternative possibly for all three 
forward positions. Do you know what I mean? Which means he's going to play play so much. So I'm not even uh, that concerned if he if he doesn't start the first game of the season because I'm like he's going to play so much because any one of them's feeling just a little bit off, he's going to go. Well, it doesn't matter because I've got Trossard. Um, it doesn't matter which position either because I just put Trossard there. Even right wing. When I went to Arsenal Leeds. He played right wing, and a lot of people say it didn't really work. But he cre- he still cre- I think he created one, and he created Jesus' second goal. He he was still super um, productive, you know. He got twelve assists last season, ten of them at Arsenal, wasn't it, or something? Like yeah, that? he got. Yeah, I looked that up. He got ten assists at Arsenal, uh, two at Brighton, seven goals at Arsenal, only one uh, at Brighton, one at Arsenal. So he almost flipped it. Um, but but like you said, he was actually very very unlucky not to really have a half a dozen goals for Arsenal yeah, from January yeah. onwards. And to have his goals and his production for a whole season is <laughs> is massive, isn't it? Because in most top teams, they need like probably five players in their front three that they can trust. If you remember, if you look at like Liverpool, you know, they had Salah, Mane, for yeah. but then they had a few others, Bijota, behind yeah. them that they could trust to be productive. And I, I trust our three, um, Martinelli, Jesus, Saka, and then Trossard's yeah. the, the the fourth. And I, I guess in my head, the worry is not the worry, but I don't know who the fifth is, and it needs to be one mm. of one of Smith Rowe, Vieira, or Nelson. Need to mm. need to be that 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 fifth one that we can be like they can start. They're not going to drop the level, and they're going to be they're going to be productive. And I, I, we could, we could talk about it, but I don't think we we for sure know who that is and it, we, we probably just need it to be one of them we probably just need one of them to be that player you've got your five then you've got your yeah, five yeah and then you've got your five. you need I think you need five if you're playing double competitions you need five because you're going to rotate that front three quite a lot yeah, yeah. at the moment I'm feeling like we've got four we've got the possibility for five but it needs to be one of those three needs to really mm. have a a big season and I, and on, on that point Fabio Vieira who hasn't had a great preseason <laughs> I don't think but probably no, no one needed a goal like that more than, than Fabio Vieira. I think he missed the penalty in the... I didn't even watch it. The penalty shootout that happened after the United game and he apparently oh, knocked really down after it. And he's he's played in the Odegaard role mostly in the preseason because Odegaard had a, an injury in one of the games and he played. And, and he, he's not been great. He's not been great. But um, and this is what he was doing earlier in the last... You know, at the start um, of last season when he was coming in, you know, against yeah. Brentford and Wolves and stuff. Correct. And also what he did for Porto. He had an unbelievable stat record for Porto I think his production I'll look it up in a second but his production was unbelievable for that season in Porto um, and he's got the ability isn't he I mean it remind, you said it reminds you of the, the Vieira goal at New, uh, Newcastle Newcastle yeah, that top yeah. corner one when we won 5-0 was it yeah yeah that's it yeah and it reminded me a little bit of the Brentford away one where, where uh, you know he scored it was obviously to the other corner mm. but um, it could be pretty big for his confidence do you think yeah, I think so. I, I, you just got to see more consistency from him. Um, and I, and I, I th- like you, and I've always said it, and then you've said it, there's a player in him. There is a player in him. There's something about him. I still think he's still not physically right for the Prem. I, I, he's got to be stronger. And like the way, I, you see, if, if you take Emil Smith-Rowe and Vieira, I saw chalk and cheese there. V- v- Smith-Rowe looks ready. He looks... He looks big. He does look he strong, strong. Yeah. And that's what I'd like to see Vieira. And if I see that in Vieira, then I'm a little bit less concerned. I still think he's a little bit too meek for the premiership. I, I just do. Um, but the talent is there. The skill is there. But whether he can do that game in and game out, game out, Jack, I don't know. I really don't know. 
Um, because like you said, you touched on a couple of uh, instances for last season. When he first came on, we thought, wow, he's not much of a player in terms of physical attributes, but my God, he looks good, doesn't he? And we were all singing about, we were all going wax lyrical about him. Everyone on the podcast were like, he looks good. He looks like a great player. This is a great signing. And then he just, nothing happened for him, did it? And that's the, that's my worry. We've seen a good, a good moment from him against Barca, but can he do that? all the time is it going to be consistent enough that's my worry you see with him but yeah. yes I think there's a future for him at the club whether that's this season or not you know you just said you need the fifth and you mentioned Vieira Nelson Smith Rowe for me out the three again if the fitness is not going to be a problem it's going Smith to be Smith Rowe all day. yeah yeah I think, so. I, think I, so. really, I really like Vieira I mean even when he mm. criticised last season and I think rightly so to, to a certain degree um, I, I really like like him, and I was really happy when he scored. I mean, he had fourteen assists, six goals in twenty seven games when Porto won the league. Um, he, he's really, really, he has the ability to be really productive in the final third. I've, I really think that. I think he's got the ability to be really, really productive with his final ball and his and his strike. He, he just lost a little bit of confidence, and he, to be fair, he doesn't look bigger at all. I mean, he looks as skinny as ever, but he was definitely stronger in this game. He was holding off people. I think there was a little ruck. That we had and he was he was getting involved and I was like yeah all right Fabio all right I like that um so it, it was nice to see it just looked like he he felt a little bit more confident and the good thing probably is he hasn't had a great preseason but he's been fit for all of it you know and that that that's that's been important because last preseason he came in and he had a uh, he was in a boot for a month and then we started the season and he'd missed the whole of preseason and he never really got a full preseason with us well, well maybe. Just try him. Try him for a full well to start against uh, Monaco. Is it next? Yeah, yeah, possibly. Yeah, well, try. yeah, because we obviously got the City game in the same week, so I could definitely yeah. see him not necessarily playing. Uh, you know, exactly. a starting eleven as such. And uh, but I, one thing I would say for Vieira last last season, he was coming in a lot in the in the Jacker role when he was f- falling into the games, mm. and I think he's far more cut out to come in for the for the Odegaard role or even the Saka role possibly but basically he looks more comfortable coming in from the right on that left foot I think yeah. he looks yeah. more comfortable that's where all of his sort of best moments have come from even if you remember when we lost a man you away he, oh yeah and he, and he was really good and he created mm. it was all from that right side where he was whipping balls in and I, I'm like I think he's going to do better. And really what we were asking from Vieira is, if, if that's what Arteta sees in him, is can we take Odegaard off in a game that we're winning on the 70th minute and bring you on? Yeah. And if we can yeah. do that, that's massive. That's that's enough. Can we take Saka off in the 70th minute? Please. Because we've not been able to, right? We've not been able to. No. Saka's basically played no. all 90 minutes. I mean, uh-huh. in this game, he basically played 85 and then we brought on Kusa Dubri. Um, yeah. For his for his first few minutes, who, who, I, who I like a lot actually, but um, again, we don't have a direct replacement for for Saka, which I, I'm not certain we do anything in the market. But if we do, that's the one position I I, I think we would look at. But I'm still not. I I still think there's a chance we could be done with incomings, but we'll we'll talk about that at the end. But um, great goals from Trossard, fantastic final goal from Vieira after we conceded from um. A slip, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He, 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 I didn't think he came on long enough to make a mistake, but he did. We might have to accept <laughs> that two million from Besiktas, to be honest. Um, but no, I did feel bad for him because he likes coming out to the to the US, and he probably didn't want to want to make there. And he's got a good character. And another one we probably should touch on is is is, is Tierney. 
Do you think anything uh, different with Tierney? Because he's not started uh, one of the preseason games. He's not started any of them. And we um, and let's be honest, Neil Zinchenko's been unfit for the whole of it, and he's basically tried every other option at left back to start other than Tierney. So I don't, despite the fact I think Tierney's looked pretty good, and he definitely looked good in this game. It doesn't fill me with confidence that there's any other tension, intention other than to probably not play him that much anyway this season. Um, but it's very quiet on the on the on the transfer front. Do you, do you have any reason for that? Do you think? Um, I think I think there's definitely a possibility he could stay because people might not come in for him. But I think if people do come in for him, it will be a natural progression for him to 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 move on basically. But he's good attitude though, isn't he? He's professional. He never moans. He never complains. He gets on with it, doesn't he? The funny thing is when 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 Trossard bagged that goal, I've never seen a, sp- a bigger smile on Tierney's face, and that yeah. was quite because normally he's quite he's not he's not a smiler really, is he? Um, no. But I saw it. I, he was like he's, he was like from you know side to side, had a big grin. He was smart, smiling and celebrating, and I and I thought, I don't know, is that telling me something? Am I reading too much into that? I don't know. Maybe he is happy with Arsenal. Maybe Arteta has isn't going to sell him. I think I think if if someone comes in strongly for him, it might be best for him. Yes, I I feel somehow it will still be a lot. Although we've got so much now in in the defence, I still think it might be a bit of a loss. But you know, end of the day, if the player is going to benefit for, from it, and I think he'll be brilliant at another club. By the way, I still think he's a great player. Um, the way you see a lot in Vieira, I still see a lot in Tierney. He might just because Arteta's playing a different way with his left back. He wants to utilise his left back a little bit differently and it might not be, it might be out of the comfort zone for Tierney. It doesn't make him a bad player. And and I, and I just feel that, you know, he, he could, he could, he could probably walk into a lot of other premier teams if he wants to stay in England, that is. Um, so I think if a bid comes in and it's a good bid, uh, because, you know, it'd be great to get some big money in now. You can see it with Balogun getting in maybe, you know, we were discussing it, weren't we, in that pod, you know, we could potentially get quite a bit of money in for him, but you're like you said, there's no no rumblings, there's no there's nothing. So if that's the case, I'm all right either way. If he stays and we can utilise him, and he can do what he did in in the in the game with Barcelona, and he could be that Tierney again, it's another option, isn't it? Yeah, among so many. But if a bid comes in, yeah, I think I think it'd be good to get get let him go. So yeah. I'm I'm in the middle with it. I'm I'm okay either way. I'm not overly concerned either way. But you're right. If he stays, this game time's going to be limited. I can't see him playing that much. Yeah. So no. yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Gone very quiet on it. I still expect a Newcastle or a Villa. Oh, I've got West Ham in the back of my head. I don't know why. I think it's because they sold their left back. But um, I've got I've got you know those t- sort of clubs in mind that. They, they, they'll, they'll they'll likely come in at some point. I don't know why it's not yet, because obviously the season's not that far away. But um, but I do think. But, but to be honest, this is Arteta's being sensible here because if he's got the intention of selling Tierney, you don't want to leave him on the bench for ninety minutes in every preseason game. It doesn't do him any favors to his value or anything like that. Sure. So you want to use that player. The last thing we want is a Nicolas Pepe type situation where the guy's just oh, in the gym yeah. every day. And not even, not even training with the you know at the club's facilities or whatever. It's just it's just odd, you know. And it's not affecting the club as such. But we're still a big contract, and we just like to get rid of the guy, to be honest. Yeah. But and it's hard to get rid of someone when you know they're not they're not involved whatsoever, you know. So so I oh know I, I I applaud him for being a good pro, and 
you know, even in this game, he looked like he came on. He was he fully focused. He tried to give everything. And I think, you know, probably deep down, if you ask him, he'll say, yeah, you know, I obviously want to be starting more games. I probably want to go somewhere. So let's see what happens with it. Neil, the, the positives I took away from, from the preseason, and this game, I thought I pretty much had everything, controversy, penalties, goals, had everything. Um, well, obviously, you know, some players like Trossard and Saka and, uh, party. I thought they were those were the standout players. I thought Saliba again was 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 terrific. What about some of? I mean, you can't take too many negatives. It's hard to evaluate preseason, and sometimes I think nowadays we maybe put a little bit too much on it. But some people say uh, Ramsdale's um, been a little bit concerned in preseason. A few few dodgy errors. Sometimes his distribution's not been as good. Do you have concerns? A lot of people saying it's been a really big season for Ramsdale. I mean, it's a big season for everyone, but. Some people, you know, having some question marks about him towards the end of last season, and um, I thought he was terrific for most of last season, to be honest. But, but, and then he's had a couple of dodgy moments in preseason. Preseason, have any sort of worries there about his sort of, you know, uneasy start in preseason? The only concern I've got is I thought his distribution levels gone down because he was he was amazing uh, with that initially. Yeah. We, we were coming off, you know, watching Leno um, and then we saw Rams and we thought, God, look at this guy's distribution. It's ridiculous. He gets the ball back in play. He's almost like a, it's like a creative player <laughs> as a goalkeeper yeah. almost. Um, um, and I just think that's gone down. If anything's suffered, I think for me, it's that. I'm not too worried about his actual goalkeeping itself because all I, all I recall about Ramsell is those ridiculously out of this world saves that he was pulling off and he'll get that back. He's a young keeper. We've got to remember he's not old. He's quite he's young. Old, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I don't have any concerns with that. I think he'll once, once, once we can start getting into the groove again and if things go our way and we start being the team we were, you know, for two thirds of last season, a little bit more than that, maybe 8% of last season, I think he's going to be fine. I'm just, I just hope that he can work on his distribution a little bit, but then again, most of our players from the back anyway. It doesn't have to be crazily good with his distribution, if that makes sense. Sometimes, yes, of course, to get something going very, very quickly. Say we're chasing the game and time's running out, we might need that from him. But I, I, I feel I feel it's more about um, uh, him just, just, just doing what he was doing last season for 8% of it. I thought it was great goalkeeping. He made some amazing saves. And look, even, you know, even with Barcelona, as we said, the first save was great. It's just that it was unfortunate that the rebound yeah. went straight to, to to their player. But I, I no, I'm not particularly Jack. Yeah, I don't know if you have. But I, I don't. I, I think he's a. I think he's a keeper that's going to do do be at the club hopefully for a while, and and I think he's going to do well with us. I really do. Yeah, I agree. Um, other possible negatives. Um, Eddie and Ketty, I don't think he's had a great preseason, to be honest. And I think there's, um, well, some 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 concern. Obviously, the Balogun stuff doesn't help him because a lot of people would argue that there's probably there's a belief that for a lot of people that Balogun maybe has more potential. And I don't particularly. I think Balogun will be sold pretty soon. But but I and I I don't blame Arteta at all for this. I put it more down to the situation, the contract situation, the fact that he's got a low, much lower wage than Eddie and Ketty. And um, and the fact that I, I don't necessarily think he's come back with the intention of playing the Eddie and Kera role, which he looks like he wants to be the main man. I mean, a lot of the stuff coming out from the media from sort of January onwards was basically saying that he doesn't intend to come back and be a bit part player kind of thing. 
And I think Arteta, when he sees, he just wants to see the attitude from a player. How much do you want to be here, right? And I don't think he's got that vibe from Balogun. In all the comments that he's mentioned about Balogun, it's been very vague. Like, we'll see what happens. He's with us for now, that kind of stuff. And if you look at a lot of the cryptic stuff Balogun posts, and you can't read too much into everything, but he doesn't never really felt like since he's been on this loan that he he's desperate to get back and play for Arsenal Football Club. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like that. It doesn't feel like that in any of the media stuff he's done. It's been very much sort of, you know, I'm getting fit. I'm here for pre-season kind of thing. But that shouldn't be Eddie's fault. But at the same time, when Eddie's played, he's played a fair amount this pre-season. I don't think he's looked great. You know, he's not got into a lot of goal-scoring positions. He's worked hard. He always works hard, Eddie. But I'm just not sure the quality's there. And, and with Balogun, whilst it's a little bit of an unknown, you're not really sure what his ceiling is. I, I feel like, I'm relatively certain of what Eddie's ceiling is. And I just wonder if you have any concerns, because if Eddie stays, and at this point I think it's a good chance he does stay, um, though I could see bids coming in for him, and I'd be really curious to see what we do if they do. Um, but if he stays, I, I don't see him getting a lot of minutes still. I know he's played a lot in pre-season, but I personally don't think he's going to get a lot of minutes. Um, what about you? He's got a go for me. I know, I know it's harsh. Balogun's gone. He's, he's he yeah. hasn't got the Arsenal is not in his heart. He, he no. just wants to go. It's so obvious. So I think if if Balogun is not sold, that will be the biggest shock for me in this transfer window. Even more so than you know cutting ties with players like Pepe, etc. Balogun's he just doesn't want to be here. You can even I remember when I watched the the um, the game that was shown. Um, Apple showed it. Apple TV showed it. Yep. And I was watching that right from the start. So I was watching all the build up. And it wasn't just that bit. It was the skills challenge. And the one before I watched that yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was interviewed a couple of times. And he, you could just tell he doesn't want to be at Arsenal. It's just so obvious in his body right. language, attitude, the whole lot. So he's gone. I, and I think Arteta knows that. And he's not going to mess about. So hopefully we can get some money, good money in for him. Um, and, I'm, you know, I'm not really that interested where he goes. Just get the money and get rid of him. Get him off Bothered if he stays in the league? Hmm? Bothered if he stays in the league? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. I can't, do you know what? I, it feels yeah. like one that's uh, going to go abroad, doesn't it? It feels like one. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I was about to say. I think he won't, I think he'll go abroad. Um, if he stays in the league, he stays in the league. It is what it is. You know, I think this, we've got too much quality not to worry about him too much. So I'd, whatever, let, let, let that be. But Eddie, I, I'm going to go back to what I originally, I had a slight change when he came in for Jesus and Jesus was injured and he did pretty well. Yeah, early um, on, yeah. I thought, I thought, wow, okay, maybe I've got him wrong, but I've, I've reverted back to my feelings before. I just don't think he's made the cut for the levels that we want to go to. You know, we we want to be challenging for the top two tier trophies. I just don't think he's got it. I don't see enough in him. You're right. He works hard. He, he, he gives effort. There's no doubt about that. But sometimes you need a little bit more than that to stand out. And we need to stand out players now, Jack. If we want, if we want to breach those levels, if we want to attain what City's attaining or get to their levels or near their levels, we need to do better than the best or be the yeah. better than the best. And for me, that's not Eddie. And no. It'll be interesting if they both go. I don't know if it'll be a huge loss. I don't know. You know, I think we've got we've got we've got too many options now. Too many. I can't even play, mate. I, don't, I genuinely mm. don't. I don't. I'm not even sure Eddie's third choice. I'm not even right. sure he's third choice. Right? If Jesus goes down, um, if he's out tomorrow, touch would know. If he's out yeah. tomorrow, I think Trossard comes in. 
right? Yeah, right? yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And if Trossard's not available, I think there's a real argument to say you might put Martinelli there, you might put Havertz there. You yeah, know, I, I, I think you know. I don't think mm. I, I know he's played a lot of minutes, but I don't think he's going to play. I don't think. He's do you think play. he was playing a lot of minutes to showcase potential buyers? Possibly, Maybe. because I do think that's quite. But I don't necessarily. You know, if we if we get rid of him for anything like twenty million plus, it makes the hundred k a week that we signed him up to last year look pretty good. But if we can't get rid of him, um, and there's no bids that come in for him, then it makes that look a little bit silly, and mm. and concerns me for the likes of Nelson that are getting that wage now as well. But I think Nelson's got more to him, to be honest. But. But there has been some rumours and mutterings about Eddie and Ketty within the league that the, the, the teams might come in, like Palace and teams like that might come in for him. And, you know, I, whilst I don't think he's good enough for us, I definitely think Eddie and Ketty is a... The one thing he proved to me, because I didn't believe he was a Premier League striker about a year and a half ago, he, yeah. I, def, I definitely think he's a Premier League striker. I, I don't think he's the upper part of the Premier League striker, but I could definitely see him. Palace would be good. Yeah. Palace would be great. Like a mid-table, yeah. Premier, and mm. I could see him bagging a fair few goals from him, doing really well. I don't think he's mm. a bad player. I just don't think he fits us. I don't no. think he's got the technical ability to play Correct. us, That's to be it. honest. And and if you don't have the technical ability to play from that position, then you've got to be really clinical. And he's not. He's not really clinical. He doesn't get in the... Oh, I think Balogun has the ability. He looks to me like his ability would be quite clinical. Um, which would make more sense if the logistics were there. He doesn't want to be here. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. So for me, so, like I argued, we've argued a month ago, I, I'd be quite happy to get rid of both of them if you got okay, 60 cool. million in for the pair, and which is significant money for us, 60 million. And, and then mm. you could really reinvest it in a, a, a different style striker or maybe that perfect right wing yeah. solution for, for Saka if he was out yeah. and stuff like that. And I think it allows you to, because I'm not certain a Balogun sale allows us to reinvest in the front area. I think we're still quite impacted there, to be honest, mm -hmm. because yeah. we didn't use Balogun last year. So that, that, nope. wasn't, that wasn't on the books. And then we've got Trossard for the whole year now. And Havertz possibly added as another option. Yeah, so yeah. We're, we're, we're fuller already without him. So <laughs> it, it, I don't think a Balogun sale necessarily allows us to dip back into the market, but a Balogun and Eddie sale definitely does. Definitely allows us to dip back into yeah, the market, yeah. which is really interesting. So, yeah, those are the couple of negatives. Obviously, Balogun's a little bit of a negative because he didn't play, but but mm -hmm. um, I, I, I didn't really think anything. I didn't think he was going to play too much anyway, but yeah, I'd say Eddie and, and maybe a little bit of, of, um, of Ramsdale, but beyond that, I think it's been a pretty successful U S tour. Everyone touch woods fit. Um, yeah. Through it, yeah. Right. And no, I mean, Zinchenko wasn't fit going into it, but well, it's too serious. Thank God. I mean, Blast and I were trying to do leg breakers. Gee. Oh, honestly. I know. I saw three. I saw three that were bad. Yeah. I'm like, what is this? Did what you see the one in the second half on Saka? It was a bad challenge. They didn't call mm. it. And I thought it was, but they didn't call it. They kept playing and Jorginho just wasn't having any with it and just knocked yeah. one of these Barca players off the ball and then it all created a ruck. And I mean, again, ref, you cause that just from not calling, just called a foul. Just go, mm. it's, it's just really poor refereeing. But hopefully, I mean, we will suffer more of that in the Premier League. We know we will, but but that's, that's a little bit of frustration. Before we go, Monaco and um, City coming up. Obviously, I don't want to do predictions or anything like that, but... Um, how serious do you think we'll take the City game, Community Shield? It's I think serious. we'll take it very... I don't think necessarily the midweek one, he, he will as much. But That's is there anything you'd like to see? Yeah. I'd, I'd like That's... to see if Rice is fit. I'd obviously like to see yeah, Rice and Havertz combo as well because it's not a game that has a lot running on it. So you get mm. Rice and Havertz together as much as you can, right? Because that's the the eventual 
desire to do that. So I that, 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 oh, hopefully we can see a little bit of that. And then, yeah, maybe maybe someone like, like a Vieira to come in and a couple of other changes, maybe Nelson's back in the squad and people like that. Yeah. But that would be good to see. And then you'll go into the Community Shield. Yes, going to the Community Shield. Yeah, I, that, yeah. I, I think he's going to take that really seriously. He's, he's not going to treat that as what it used to be in the past. He's going to take it seriously because I think we need to get this uh, mental block against City out of our systems you know they've done us twice last season which in theory cost us the league if you look yeah. at it that way um, and uh, I, I I think he needs to know how much if any we've progressed from that to now what's going to be in this season he's going to take that game seriously now the only thing is will Pep take it as seriously I don't know he might do not sure so that'll be interesting notoriously so he doesn't does he I mean not, not yeah. as seriously as league games and stuff no. like that and they tend to be slow starters. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we get a win there. And then everyone's like, yeah, look at this, we've beaten City. So it's a, it's a weird one to put a, use that as a benchmark. We might play really well against them. We might win, get the result. and But then I don't want then that to put kind of, uh, you know, false hope, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because number one, we don't know how City, serious City are going to take it. And number two, they're slow starters. So we've got to put that, you know, keep that, it'll be aware of that. But of yeah. course... I'd want to see a win because it would be nice just to get one over them because we you know with the last one we beat them was the FA Cup, wasn't it? I think. I, I, I yeah. So. yeah, I think yeah. it was the semi-final, so, yeah. So, you know, it would be nice to get a win with them anyway, just to get that win over them. And that will give us the momentum and the and the confidence to, 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 to you know, start the season with Forest. So, yeah, let's, let's, let's play a good team against them and let's do if any experimentations left to do. Let's leave that for the Monaco game. That's yeah. how I see it. Yeah, exactly. And they'll go long against us as well. That's what they did at the Etihad. So we've got to be able to deal with those because they are really effective with that. They get De Bruyne and Haaland onto it and they can go long. They've proven they can go long. They basically did it against us in, in both games and they were pretty mm-hmm. effective from it. So we've just got to cut those those silly errors out of the back. Yeah. I'm not sure how we do it, but Saliba and Gabriel, they're, they're not... Uh, Gabriel has the odd error in him, but, but I think, you know, he usually recovers from them pretty well. He doesn't make them very mm. often. So we just need to be not putting too much strain on our centre-backs, but at the same time, can't be making silly errors back there. Party or Rice for the Community Shield? What's your thought? I mean, for me, the, the team doesn't quite pick itself because Trossard's putting in a huge dilemma for everybody. Like, well, you know, how do you fit him in? But but uh, other than that, I think a team almost picks itself beyond the left-back conundrum. What's your Rice? I'd go with Party. Yeah, I think you, I think it's important as well. But I'd love to see Rice a lot in the Monaco game. Play yeah. Rice for sixty in the Monaco game. Yeah, but then I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd 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 flip it for 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 the City game. But just because, yeah, that's what you're, yes, it that's what I'll do. So Monaco start Rice and bring Partey on maybe so you get some legs for for the City game. Reverse it. You're spot on. Hey, yeah. I like that. Yeah, let's like see. That. You watch. It'll be El Nenny, won't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to teach Garrett to shake I, I it, El Nenny. I forgot about him as well. Oh We've my got a plethora God. of number sixes, haven't we? We've got oh probably the best sixes God. in the league. I mean, look at it. Rice party, Jorginho. Oh, oh, do you know, we did mention Jorginho. I like him. I'm really liking him. I think he'll he's going to offer some, another option for us. I yeah. like him, Jack. I know he's yeah. not going to be a long term, maybe another season, season yeah. and a half, but great. I'm, he's, I'm pleased we've got him. I'm yeah. pleased we've got him. He there. looks like he's really good around the group as well. He looks like yeah. everyone seems to love hanging out with him. And I can see him becoming a coach. I can, the way Arteta did it, I can see him doing the same thing. I yeah. really can see that. Yeah. He's apparently really intelligent like that as well, like Arteta was when he was playing. 
So he's he's terrific if you if you just want to keep the ball and kill it with three thousand passes because yeah. he he doesn't really lose it much, and um you know he always plays the right pass and stuff like that. Obviously physically, yeah, definitely got a little bit to be. Mm-hmm. But it's so many options there now, so it's it's it's. It's, it's right. great. We're looking good, mate. And we're looking at all these other clubs. Just we should be excited. Really excited, Jack. Honestly. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I I don't get all this negativity on Twitter. I really, that's why I stay away from it. I just don't want to hear it. I don't, what is this rubbish? We make yeah. one mistake. Oh, it's doom and gloom. Get rid of it. What? Shut up. Come on. Yeah. I know, and it's just pre-season. Enough's enough. Um, just got to, yeah, you got to enjoy it. But hopefully, we've got a really interesting week coming up, and it's all it's all about a forest game, obviously. But the community shield will definitely be be one 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 to watch, and hopefully, we can mm-hmm. put a marker down. So it'll be interesting. You'll be there. Bring us luck, mate. Bring us luck. I'll try, man. I'll try. You got. You got but, but thank you. We're on at Purely Arsenal FP on Twitter, and you can find our Twitter accounts there. And Purely Arsenal on YouTube. If you can, give us a thumbs up. Give us a subscribe there. It's free. It's ad free and free. And we appreciate everyone <laughs> that's listening there. Or you can find us on at Purely Arsenal FP on Twitter if you want the, the podcast links and stuff like that. Or just search us in anything like Spotify or the Apple Podcast app or any of the rubbish apps too. We're on there as well, I think. Uh, wherever Anthony puts us, he puts us on, on most of them, I think. But Neil, it's been a pleasure. We'll be back. Maybe not after the Monaco game, but definitely after the, uh, the Community Shield win. Back after that first try for the season, you know what I mean? That's what we do. Thank you, Neil. Up the Arsenal. Come on. <laughs>